1: Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Mason Stewart and welcome to another Premier League show. Just me and me and the main man tonight uh, on, on the pod, but how are you, Jamie?
2: Absolutely fine, mate. Thank you. Um, I, I, I thought I was going to have a disgusting week of football, but um, after last night's results, it's kind of put me in a really good mood. So, yeah, happy to be on.
1: Yeah, not not surprised by by that one whatsoever. Um, they were absolutely excellent, excellent last night, uh, as to be said. But um, we will come on to Liverpool a little a little bit later. But I think the the big one, Jamie, to start off with, um, was the. I feel like we do. Maybe when I'm on, I always start with them. But i to start, <laughs> start with the leaders. Leaders, Arsenal away at West Ham on Sunday. Um, first of all. I'll talk about the, the opening 25 minutes because uh, they were absolutely excellent. Um, Sounds like we're
2: repeating ourselves, don't it? Because it was the same great. as well we could go to a week ago, wasn't it? First, brilliant for 40 minutes, and then all of a sudden it went, mm.
1: it's a copy. It's a copy and paste, exactly the yeah. same thing. Um, but yeah, but before we come on to West Ham, because I think this week's, you know, understandably so, has been about Arsenal and how they kind of capitulated um, going 2 0 right, up. But, but what did you make of them uh, yeah. and, and their start? <clears on> I <their throat> think.
2: I think I think the first thing to say is that when Arsenal come out of the Liverpool game, everybody was very unsure. People were unsure about whether that was two points dropped or it was a point saved, and it was quite evidently it was probably a point saved. I don't think there was any confusion about this. This was definitely two points dropped, in my opinion. Um, again, Arsenal did exactly what I said last week. They come out the come out the traps flying. They turn on the style. They they get the intricate passing, and and you know, Odegaard's. Goal probably summed it up, the amount of times they managed to get the cross in, unchallenged. Um, he was at the back post, took a swipe at it, and before you know it, the 2-0 up, and you're just thinking, right, this is going to be threes and fours. Um, they see it through to half-team, um, and then, for whatever reason, they just don't see it out. they just something... I I, I don't... There, there was no significant change in the game like there was at Liverpool, when, they, if you think of the Xhaka incident and Trent. There wasn't as such something like that to call it. But the longer it stayed at 2-0, the more West Ham got a better confidence. Um, there was obviously questionable decisions that went West Ham's way. But again, these are the games that people will always call it. These are the ones that where you win the leagues. People, If you go back a few months ago, we were talking about their ability to come back behind against Aston Villa and against um, Bournemouth back-to-back games. And you think against bigger teams, that doesn't actually happen. Um, you know, not that all, not that West Ham's a bigger team, but it's a derby for them. So you know, um, it didn't surprise me to see another draw. Um, it won't surprise me to see that you know where they may be in two weeks' time.
1: I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I thought the turning point in the game was when um, Party tries to be a little bit too cocky when when Rice is right up his. his
2: back too seat. casual, wasn't he? Too casual on the oh, ball.
1: I know Party plays like that. And he's a good mm-hmm. player. Um, I just think at that point, this is this is the same thing I said last week at at, at Liverpool at Anfield. And I think mm-hmm. listen, Liverpool Anfield Anfield's a different beast than West Ham. West Ham were there for the taking. They were two 0 yeah. down, and they've just come off the, their last home game. They got done was it four or five yeah. by, by Newcastle, and I think that was going to happen. And it just again, it's just this Arsenal for me. And this is why I've said I can't see him winning the league. I feel like they've just got this softness about them
2: and you're, you're, you're it's, absolutely it's right. that younger naivety of the team isn't it? Is that, there is as much as much as as much as we've been praising them they are still a very young team um which will always go against them until they kind of turn that round.
1: Look, they, they could go on and win the league still. You know, it's it's been one of them seasons. That, you know, I think as I said, we'll, we'll come to sit in a little bit later. But you know, we know what Pep's like, and, and if they've got the champion league, Champions League still there, and he's making changes <laughs> to his team. And um, but I just think that the Arsenal. I think that that result uh, at the weekend. I think you're, you're right to point out. Maybe you could say it was a point game last week, but it was definitely <laughs> two points dropped this week. Um, but but on, on West Ham, Jamie, because um, obviously they're they're not out of it. I think um, you know, they've had a couple of of good results lately. Um but what did you make of them on Sunday?
2: Big 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 point for them. You know, um if you look at the list of games that they had, you would never have you would said that, you know, they would they would be very lucky to get something out of the game and they ultimately did. Um so so for them they'll they'll take a bit of buoyancy in that and the fact that that probably wasn't one that they counted on. It also shows you that West Ham actually do have something in the tank which is actually frustrating because I'm a big fan of Jared Bowen. Uh, you know, I, I really like his directness, the way he approaches it. I, I really like Rice um, and, and, and the role that he plays. Um, when they're on form, you know, West Ham play very, very differently. i seen, I seen, I think it was yesterday, there was a report saying Schumacher's out for the season. Well, I, if anything, that's probably going to, that's probably going to give them a bit of buoyancy because it means that they've got to start with Antonio every single week now. Um, I don't know what's happening with Danny Engs, whether he's carrying a knock, but the fact that he was constantly changing or having this, this conundrum of who to start and who to bring off and bring on probably was working against them. They kind of know what the team is going to be going into the next, into the last six games, seven games probably helps Moise a little bit. Um, The, I quite like the boy Egard at the back. I, I, he seems to be pretty pretty well-rounded. Um, he seems to have a good couple of games and then obviously a dodgy game. I think he had the, the, the own goal or when he gave the ball away a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I think when we were all predicting, none of us said that we would see West Ham going down this season they have it's not that they have the better team it's that they've got the better manager that probably keeps them up and I think I think Weekend was just a little bit of a snippet of that I think they've got enough in the tank that they'll see themselves through it um, but it was definitely a point gained for them that I don't think they would have realised they wouldn't have expected to get at that point No,
1: absolutely agree with, it. With, that, with that Jamie I think um West Ham will be fine West Ham will be yeah. fine as you said they've got you know, that is the old saying too much want it to go down. But when you look at the teams around them and the way they're performing, I just I think I, I think we said it, I think they've got a better manager than a lot of them teams. And I know he's, mm. he he might not be there in the season, but um West Ham will be fine. And um, you know, I think they in the end from the second half, I think they were well worthy of, of a of a point um yeah. after, after the penalty went in. But um moving on, Jamie then um to our next game that that you know, second game we're gonna talk about is Aston Villa. They beat Newcastle 3-0 as comfortable as you like. Um I feel like again, every week on here we're just copy and paste with, with Emery. Um what what transformation he, he's had there. Um, yeah.
2: If there was ever a game that, that displayed how far Aston Villa have come, it was literally that. They controlled the game from start to finish. Dan Byrne. Um, and Botman didn't know what to do with Ollie Watkins. He actually ran them ragged. It was actually really good to see. I, I I put Villa sneakily. You don't normally go for the early game, but I put them on my coupon because they were good odds. Um, I never expected it to be 3-0, though. I thought 3-0 would have been too much. But do you know what? It didn't flatter them one bit. Um, they've, I think one of the key things that he's done since he's been in the team, the one conundrum Jared had is that Jared always played Coutinho. Yeah. Coutinho's yeah. not touched the team in so long now, and which means that he's forced to play Buendia. Buendia's actually doing all right. He's actually doing pretty well in terms of he's getting the goals, he's getting the link up. Um Ollie Watkins is obviously still on the headlines, but I'm I'm actually a big, a big fan of Jacob Ramsey. That lad's got a big future. And yeah. and he you know, he did it for a couple of games under Gerard. He really came up and, you know, and showed his worth um in terms of actually making the breakthrough. We've not seen it much under Emory, he's been more the link up man, but he was brilliant on Saturday. Him and Watkins linking up together was really good. McGinn controlled everything from the middle. Um dare I say Tyrone Mings had a good game. Um <laughs> they, they, they just seem in sync they, they really do. Um they you know there was a there was a I was I was looking at it early and you know arguably one of the players of the season right now is, is Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford is in 29 appearances he's got 15 goals four assists Ollie Watkins in the same games has got 13 goals and six assists that's arguably neck and neck with somebody like Rashford and yet though he's not even been talked about in that same that same breath um i think Watkins has turned a corner this season he really has and i think one of the keys to that was them moving Danny on, which meant he knew he was the number one up front and he's got a solid partnership with the people around him, as in Ramsey and Buendia seem to be getting that 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 consistent link up from them. But yeah, they they were top notch at the weekend. Um, well worth the win.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, and that's a sign of a good good manager, me You know, when you're saying we, you just went through a lot of players there that that are all performing well. With it. That's they yeah. one five in a row now, and um, that's what a good manager can do. Um, yeah. And I, and I listened to what what Ollie Watkins had to say um, about Emery, and he said he's just got me concentrating.
2: Yeah. I, see, I see that he's watching videos of uh, Edison Cavani and stuff you know um, which which is good and I think I, I McGinn did a, an interview with TalkSport last week and they asked him what's the one thing and he says I'm actually learning how to play Spanish style he says in the Premier League what we're so used to is getting the ball and moving it on he says but in Spain they have three or four touches with the ball before they decide and he says I've actually never had that freedom and that's probably something that I'm capping well into and yeah. you don't think of these things and actually it completely makes sense there is a different Different style of play he's trying to learn. What I do like is he's put his stamp on certain players. So for example, you know, Gerard signings if you like Coutinho's not touching a ball. Lucas Dina hasn't touched a ball. He's got his own player in the boy Moreno. You know, he, he's he's obviously got his own likings of the of the players. It'll be a, I think it'll be a really interesting summer to see what he does with those with those players, whether he does a complete overhaul or you know sticks with them and brings in one or two players to, to complement it.
1: Yeah, no, that is that is one to watch, and, and you could you know you could argue it could be a, a you know it could be a Champions League team. They're only three points off Spurs. Um, I, I still think it's a little, little way to go. But before we move on, Jamie, just on Newcastle, um, that's that's a big wobble for them because that's as poor as I've seen them for a long, long time. You expect them to brush that off and, and bounce back quickly?
2: Um, I would say they were do it. They've probably been play overachieving a little bit in some of the games. You know they've managed to get that. You know they've had they've had goals from all over the all over the pitch in the, in this season with Almiron, St. Maximum, Joel Linton for crying out loud, who's playing like a central midfield role. A lot of these players are either getting injured at the moment or not in the team because they, there's a bit of rotation going on. It's starting to catch up with them. That's why I wasn't surprised that Newcastle didn't get up. You know didn't get anything from Saturday. Um, it's it's a bit of home games for me for Newcastle. I think if they win the home games and they've got some really big ones coming up, they, they, they've got a big say in the title running. I think they got City, sorry, they have got Arsenal um, after Arsenal play City and in between Chelsea. You know, I, I see Newcastle being more deadly at home than they are probably away from home. I think they just kind of they're not limping across the line, but they, you know, if they could close the season down right today, they would fucking do it because you know, they're in the top four, they just need to see themselves through it, I think, until the end. Um, there wasn't exactly a terrible performance at the weekend, just felt they like were just so much better. There were just so much cohesion as a, as a team um, and, you know, with the players he had available, he just couldn't do it, He just couldn't get a response from them. Um, I think he brought Wilson on, um, they had a sniff, but The damage was already done by then. I think Watkins then put it there, you know, took it to 2-0. And it was kind of like it just killed the morale of the Newcastle team trying to get back into it. So, no, it didn't surprise me. Um, I just think they're going to look more for their home game points than anything else.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think, um, and and that's one that I, I actually marked that Newcastle Aston game. I think, you know, mm-hmm. funny, we've, we've, they're the two games we spoke about, but that one I think could be a big indication on where the title is going, but yep. also who's getting that that fourth fourth spot. So, um, yep. no, definitely ones to, to look forward <clears> to, <throat> to discuss in, in a couple of weeks' time. But moving it on, then then Jamie, the next one we've got is, is Spurs two, Bournemouth three. Um, look, Spurs have been absolutely dreadful for a, you know a long, long time. But I just didn't see Bournemouth going there and, and getting a win. Um, I think, I think Spurs. I, I can't see them getting top four. all, Jamie, and I think yeah. this result has, has, has absolutely
2: killed that. Yeah, if 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 you look at some of the teams, there's a lot of teams in transition at the moment in the league in terms of managerial changes. Chelsea being one of them. Spurs, you've got you know. Doom impending over something that you've got Palace, for example. There's all these teams in transition. If there was ever a performance that screamed, We don't have a manager, it was that Tottenham game. They, they just looked absolutely terrible. Um, they, that was the the classic Cooten booster, if you like, for the, for the weekend's betting. Um, and and do you know what? It was kind of funny because um, Bournemouth's best players on the day were the new signings. Um, I think the boy Vigne got his first goal. The boy Utara um, managed to get a goal. But it was more the defending, the defending leading into the goals was absolutely dreadful. I kind of feel sorry for Davison Sanchez. He was hung out to dry a little bit, and it probably wasn't actually his worst. He probably wasn't the person that was, you know, to be called out, if you like. The fans were booing him as he went off the pitch, but the fans were booing everybody at that point. Um the you know, some of the performances were just really, really poor um from a defensive point of view. I go back to last year. They had the last season. I remember um, some of the pundits. I think it was Carragher and Gary Neville. And, uh, you know, two stalwarts of the game. You pretty much respect the, 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 the rationale every now and again. And Carragher was making, arguably, one of the signings of the season was Christian Romero. Um, you know, of how well he was coming in and and how absolute shadow of himself this year. Nowhere near He played at the weekend. It was, ab- was, was dreadful, in my opinion. Son's goal was long overdue. You know, the quality of goal he scored. Um, but across across the whole team, they just they just lacked any kind of cohesion. They just did, really didn't look well at all. Um, but credit has to go to Bournemouth. I thought they were, you know, every time they were pegged back, they uh, they turned it on again and pushed forward. And they knew every time that Spurs were on the ropes, all they had to do was just keep pushing them. And they did it. Just
1: on uh, Bournemouth... Uh, Jamie, that that obviously you know for them uh, to go to to London the last time they was in North London they were they were two one up two nil up uh, and to, you know uh, were, we're playing really well at the Emirates Arsenal mm-hmm. come back beating three two you know two uh, on Saturday as you said there Danjuma's goal was, was injury time so you're thinking mm-hmm. like, I've done it again but to show that character to go up yeah. the other end and get a winner and it's actually the latest um, winning goal uh,
2: ninety eighth or something.
1: Uh, it's it's the latest goal Bournemouth have ever scored in in the Premier League but it's the the latest winning goal since 2012 in the Premier League Um, and it might be you you might be right saying they're 98 it might be the latest goal since 98 because I think it was 97 or 98 minutes so uh, Mm yeah Little little one there for you. But um Graham again is
2: give it a miss tonight he's a <laughs> um, exactly. um, definitely not on Gary O'Ne- Gary O'Neill's Christmas card list, is he? Yeah, I
1: mean look, I'll be honest, I think I, I was agreeing with, with uh with Graham mm-hmm. as well. But um just 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 finally I, I um, think
2: I think the key on that though, that Bournemouth yeah. is safe now. I think it'd be very hard pushed to find anybody yeah. to say though no, they're still gonna they're gonna struggle. They're getting they're wins when nobody would predict. Um yeah. so I think they'll be absolutely fine now. Well done to them.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And uh, Yeah, fair fair play to Gary O'Neill because uh, I had big, big doubts, uh, just like Graham. But uh, <laughs> they'll they uh, they'll they'll be alright. I think I think that that win has got them out of it. Uh, moving on again, uh, Jamie, then uh, to the, the champions, Man City. Um, they they beat Leicester three uh, one on Saturday night. Dean Smith's first game in charge. It was one that if you look at all the fixtures, that's probably the last place uh, you want to be. You want to be going at the moment. Um, I thought I thought Man City first 35-40 minutes were, were very, very good. I think Leicester were were, were a yard off it, but um, this is what City can do when, when they're in the mood. They've now won 10, 10 games in a row in all competitions. Um, so before we come on to Leicester, Jamie, what did you make of, of Man City before before the changes, I should say?
2: Yeah. I, I think it's more, this is the one that's repeating, they're a machine. They're an absolute machine right now. They che- they're not even tuning at results; they're just tuning up performances. Um, and as across the park, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Rodrigo, um, uh, Rod- Rodrigo Rodri was absolutely, you know, standout player. The player of the match. Hallin came back and and is obviously he's, he's scoring bicycle kicks. Um, he's scoring penalties. He, he just seems to be loving life. Grealish seems to be playing with a new, a new sense of freedom. De Bruyne is getting back into this. It's just everything just seems to be dropping in, and I think I said it last week. One of the key elements now was famous last words: "Is Pep stop fucking about with the little starting lineup? He's got the same starting lineup pretty much every game now. Um, he he is messing about when the three 0 up, you know, doing his bit of roulette if you like, um, which for some reason is allowing teams back in. But yeah, you, you could probably name. Man City's starting 11 for tomorrow, for example, for the Champions League match, just because they're playing so good. Um, Haaland's second goal um, was top notch. That's the, you know, that run he makes. um, He's literally given the defender a five yard head start and he he runs through the two of them, splits him with a perfect ball and chips at him with his left foot. And you just think, that's quality. That's absolute quality of how he does that. Um, and uh, it, it was funny. I seen. I seen a heat map. I think it was on yesterday, Monday night football. They were showing Haaland's goals, um, and ninety five percent of Haaland's goals have all come within the twelve, within the, within the, 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 you know, the, the, eighteen yard box. Um, the, and you go back to a lot of their strikers. You know, your Aguero's, A lot of these guys used to. Bend in off the left hand side, cutting and swiping it into the top. He doesn't, he scores all the other goals, and that's what he's been doing all season. Um, I do think he'll be massively pissed off the fact that he keeps getting subbed when he's on three goals and he's due a hat to I don't know if that's Pep just stamping his authority down. Um, but yeah, they're just a machine right you now. They're playing exactly what you would expect them to. Um, and I do believe that they will turn Arsenal over. Um and I think it'll just go from there on.
1: Yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree. And on, on that on that game, I think that there's just the way it's going at the minute, it's just it's just I can't see anyone stopping sort of city. But you do make a good mm-hmm. point in terms of you know, the the changes there that, that Pep makes, uh, made at half-time. And he's, as you said, he's done it a few times for Haaland. I get, I think it's a bit of both. I think you're right in saying he's showing that I'm in charge here. How mm-hmm. you know, good you are, I'll I'll be calling how much game time you get. But also, I think he's he's obviously, as well, wrapping him up in a, you know, I've got more because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're still, listen, they can still, you know, win a treble. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's got to come into consideration as well.
2: Yeah, and and you know it seems ludicrous to to to, to be given pep shit. We are net picking. Let's put it. let you know <clears throat> the amount of goals they have scored compared to the amount of goals they've conceded in the last ten games alone. We're absolutely net picking here. Um, but these are the things that do matter to some players. You know, Holland isn't there to. In my opinion, Holland's not there to win the Premier League. Holland's there to break records. He's that kind of a player. He wants to be that kind of a player. He's breaking pretty much every record that's going right now. Um, I think he's, uh, his goals at the weekend means he's actually equaled Salah's record now of debut season of goals um, and uh, on 42. <clears throat> so he's done that and he's still got eight games to go. It's absolutely frightening what this guy will actually end up on. I think he's 32 for the league right now, um, which again is absolutely disgusting for your first season. Um, he's been brought in for the right things, but I think he's got an ego. He, You know, to to haul him off, for example, and a proper nitpicker again, but if you haul him off for one hat trick, just prevent him, that's fine. He's done it three times now. He's pulled him off three times. As a player, surely that's going to, someone's going to go in your rear. what What's going on here? Why is he doing that? Um, do you know what I mean? I think it was two in the league, and then it was the Champions League game one to when he hauled them off. Um, when he was on his hat trick, and it was like a half time haul off. It wasn't like it was eighty minutes into the game. It's like at it, it fifty minutes, and you're thinking it doesn't seem right, you know. Um, but again, as I said, I'm proper net picking. Um, but they I I seen today as well that Foden's now back as well, which again is frightening in itself because how well they're playing it means they've got more options again. Um, Alvarez seems to be doing the business when he comes on as well. He get he gets in a of goals. I don't think they've got much of a weak point at the moment.
1: No, no you're, you're spot on. And um, just on Haaland, just just mad to think though, is not it? Like as you said, you just called it there. The amount of time Pep took him off when he's on a hat trick, or he's already scored three, he's already scored four. And he <coughs> just imagine yeah. if he were, if he was playing sort of constant. <laughs> How many more? Because so, yeah. there was two or three more goals for him Saturday. I think I put in the group Absolutely. at the time. Actually, it was like cricket scoring coming.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, and that's ones. the thing, he, he, you know, he, he, he does use it because it's not always, see when I think of like, see when you think of like your own race, you know, Running in, bending in off the left-hand side, swiping into the corner. Sally does the same kind of thing. Haaland does them all. He's got big, long leg limbs that he's got to balls that he should never have. He's got that first five-yard running head and jump that he just outstrips people in the air. He's got that thunderbolt long leg that he gets out and kind of gets. Re- he gets so many different style of goals, and it's actually refreshing to see. I quite, I really like it. Um, he's arguably going to be, you know, one of the best we've seen in the league for a long time
1: he's going to be very, very hard to um uh, when he eventually moves on, which I, I don't think he'll be in the Premier League as long as people...
2: Think. No, I think he'll be there for about two years. Yeah. I, think, I, I think Haaland came to City on the promise he's got a plan. Yeah. And the plan is to kind of go around all these different leagues every two or three years, make his name kind of, you know, what Ronaldo's done to some extent. I think yeah. Haaland's looking at it as a project. And I think, you know... Evidently, if if the right team comes in for him in two years' time and they pay the right fee, he he'll hundred percent move on to do the same thing again.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I agree, agree with that uh, definitely. But uh, just before we move on, Jamie, just on Leicester then and, and Dean Smith, um, who do you think Leicester have got enough there to to beat to beat the drop? Do you think he's got enough sort of players and qualities there? Obviously, you know we've still got a touch on Forest, Leeds, Everton, yeah. that are all
2: struggling. <clears throat> the, the the table says no, but I I I, I think they do. Um, I'm not necessarily a big fan of Dean Smith, but I do believe they've got goals in them. I and mean, it's one of the things I've been saying is, you know, if you have goals then you've got an opportunity to get out of this quagmire that people are in. Um, with with the, with the likes of Ineatro, Vardy, Bonds, Madison, not bad players to have in your team for kind of getting goals bonds was missing at the weekend but it was always going to be a difficult game um you've seen when they made the changes they became a bit of a threat some of the direct play they made they managed to get themselves a goal from any actual um and they could have arguably scored a second um and a third you know it got a bit touchy at the end they probably should have had about three goals in that second half but for whatever reason they didn't so I think I think it's more to do with their fixture list. I think mean, they've got some of the games around them that you would anticipate they should they should theoretically win. Um and that'll get them out of it. I don't necessarily think it's a Dean Smith thing. I think it's just more the team will start to come together a little bit. And that seems mad to say that you 32 games in and your team hasn't come together. But um yeah, I, I just see I just I just think they've got a bit more quality about them than some of the rest of the teams around them.
1: Yeah, I do. I think I think squad wise they, they should be, they should definitely. I think I think he's one of them. If he can get a win early, that's mm-hmm. the big one for Dean Smith. If he can get a win early and, and and you know and close the gap a little bit, but the gap is actually opening up there, you know, where they're not
2: that's yeah. That that but that was always gonna be the case because they were always up against City. Yeah. Just nobody anticipated Bournemouth to be getting wins yeah. at Tottenham and stuff, you know. Um yeah. I think Leicester. they're at home against Wolves this weekend, that's that's Huge. gonna be a biggie. That's gonna
1: be Huge. an absolute biggie. Absolutely huge, and uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they they bounce back for, from it because that that you know their home form as well. Leicester, um, I think only Southampton it, it is worse, so um, yeah, that's that's where they, they've got to pick it, and he's got to change it very very quickly. And then the one that I know you've been waiting for, mate, uh, which was Monday night's game: um, Leeds one, Liverpool six. Um, Leeds are really really struggling. Um, mm. I'll start I'll start with them. They've, you know, two heavy home defeats, five one to Palace, then six one yeah. to Liverpool. That's 16 goals in the last four games. Um before we come to Liverpool, Jamie. <sighs> they,
2: they, they, literally, they literally looked as though they were still playing that second off against Palace, didn't they? Where yeah. you know, where they were just being overrun. That's they they probably had a good 10-minute spell in the game where they kind of got some of the, you know, got a bit a Better direct play against some of the defenders, and they know that closing them down. But a part of them, that Liverpool pretty much coasted it. Um, they, I think the big, I think the big thing is Tyler Adams is missing in the middle of the box. He, he's their engine. Um, The other lad who played the Aronson, I don't mind him. He seems alright, but he's just not Tyler Adams. Um, McKechnie doesn't seem the same player when Matt Adams is not there either. He was completely a ghost last night. So straight away, you're looking at the defence. I've I seen before the game that um, the the defensive boy, Wober, um, he's been out injured for a period of time um, and they've not won any of the games since he's not been in the back line. Um, so there's obviously something there in terms of um, their defensive frailties. He made a change last night. He took Ailing. He he didn't start with Ailing, um, and he started with the boy Rasmus Christensen. Um, don't necessarily see too much from him, in, in all honesty, or what he what he brings to the team. But they just had no cohesion across the back line at all. Um. Mele did all right in terms of keeping Liverpool at bay up until the first goal. But from a defensive point of view, they were just all over the place. They really were. The midfield, I think I think the moment Liverpool started their midfield, started to get their foot on the ball. Um, they did that thing against Arsenal where they, they brought Trent into midfield and Canati stayed out up on the top to cover him. It meant we had an extra play in the midfield and Leeds just didn't do anything about that. They really didn't.
1: I think it's if Leeds go down... Mm-hmm. um which which listen it is a big big possibility as i said there's a few but i think Leeds are in big trouble mm-hmm. i think it will be from their summer recruitment and i don't want to point one uh, sorry winter recruitment and i don't want to mm-hmm. point out that the router the striker i don't want to just you know pick him out but he's their record transfer fee when mm-hmm. a team needed goals it can't, it can't get a game and he hasn't got a game and he hasn't mm-hmm. scored a goal yeah. Um, I watched him in the FA Cup against a lower league team a little while ago and, and alarm bells were ringing straight away there and I'm thinking yeah they're, they're in trouble here. But yeah, just, as you said, you know, he's, he's, he didn't even start last night. Uh, he's not starting yeah. the last game. <laughs> the,
2: the, one, the one that has been pickling the head a little bit is that he's, since Garcia's took over, I don't think he's fancied the boy Nonto. He's, he he started on the bench pretty much every game. And, and I like Sinister. I watched Sinister when he was over in, in Dutch football. He's, he's, a, he's a bright lad, him. Um he's obviously very forward thinking, but I don't know what Nonto's got to do to get in that forward lineup considering it's not scoring goals. Um Rodrigo obviously came back last night, but again, he's been long, injured for a while now. He's gonna take a few games to get up to pace. They've never really they've never really got over Bamford getting that injury two seasons ago. You know, you think about that season where Rafinha and Bamford were absolutely banging them in, um, and then Bamford got injured. I think it was just before the England call, it was not it? He's never, he's not kicked the ball in anger since then. Really, he's had like one goal, I think, since then. Um, and and they just don't get enough goals across the across the park. Even the boy Jack Harrison, when he first signed for them, he was a great winger, unknown from City, had a had a handful and loads of goals. He probably does that once every four goals, every four games now. Um, so there's just so much inconsistencies across their team,
1: and 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 just on sort of Jack Harrison, it was a point I wanted to make last week, and um, and obviously you know this is a Rangers podcast, but obviously we're talking about Premier League, I see Jack mm-hmm. Harrison very similar to Ryan Kent in terms of yeah looks, looks good on the ball, looks like he can make something happen, has you know does have something about him, but his numbers he's mm-hmm. so poor.
2: Yeah, um, I, 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 it's like it's like. Am I reading the same person that I've been? That I think that this person should be. Yeah, <laughs> no, I completely agree with that. He's it, it, like another one. He's like, um, he's like the boy Fulham who scored against Everton, Harry Wilson. Another yes, one, very one. whippy, never scores a bad goal, but only does it once every six games. And you think you should have, you should get a lot more than that. No, definitely. Daniel awesome. J. Dan James, he's another one that Leeds have had, and yeah. it's not, it's not worked out again. Yeah. You know, they've they've had loads of those kind of players. Um, but I would agree that that winter signing of Ruta come out of nowhere and made and has made no sense since?
1: It's just a few, Obviously, just on that, you know, as I said, I don't want to pick out one player, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, they let Jesse Marsh take take care of that transfer business. And, and Weston McKenney was another one they brought in, which at the time, I think he's a good player. But I, I think when you're in a relegation battle and, and struggling, he's not the type of player that you, you, you want. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I don't know if that, that's going to be made permanent or not in the summer. He, but... He,
2: the only reason that deal would have made sense is if Jesse Moss was still a manager. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because because he's got because they just come back from the World Cup, and to him and Tyler Adams, they played a a pivotal part for USA in that midfield. It makes sense that they do at international level. They do at club level, but then to take Mars out that team kind of negates that whole reasoning of any of them to being there. And as as a as a as a duo, in my opinion
1: no no i absolutely agree um and on, on, on liverpool then uh Damian, as i say i thought you you were were, were excellent last night it's, it's, yeah. see when this Liverpool the team click in the forward areas they are as deadly as man City. they still i know you've had a poor season and i know people yeah. throw well but there's only two teams in this country What when they click can absolutely rip you to shreds i think yeah. arsenal haven't got it because i think we've seen it that they're a good side and they, they can get mm-hmm. wins but they don't have that clinicalness and that devilment to go. Right, we're gonna absolutely tank you here, and uh, that's what Liverpool did last night. I thought they were clinical and, and very, very good.
2: Yeah, do you know it was weird as well because see, for the first twenty-five minutes, I was I was in the pub with uh, the Glasgow Reds, and um, you know. Everybody was shouting for Jota to get off the pitch. He gave the ball away, something like six passes in the first 25 minutes. And we were going, right, he's well off the pace. There was a lot on Twitter about the fact he hadn't scored a goal in nearly a year because of his long injury and stuff. So you just think, right, Nunes is on the bench. Diaz is back from injury. Why is Jota on the pitch? And it was like a light bulb went off. And all of a sudden, Jota started to play in. You know the his, his fellow strikers, and all of a sudden, they were just peppering the goals with opportunities and chances. His second goal last night was fucking outstanding. That drill from the edge of the box, and you just think, come out of nowhere. Um, his assist for Salah's uh, goal. Was, was top-notch. He sent it to the left-hand side. Salah scored one of those goals that he did He did in his first season where he doesn't take a touch. He just rifles it with his left foot and it goes into the top bin. You know, he doesn't overplay it and you just think, yeah, they're clicking tonight. Gakpo obviously got in at a back stick. I don't mind Gakpo getting those goals. Gakpo, Gakpo for me is... He's all about confidence this season. Build his confidence going into the next season because we've got that many strikers at the moment that Gakpo knows he's kind of... He's fighting for his position at the moment in terms of, like, he's probably the long-term successor to Bobby Firmino, you know, in in terms of the way he plays. But there's something that I really like about Gakpo and his ball position is outstanding. Like, the way he rides challenges and comes out... for such a big lad. Like, his ball control is absolutely brilliant. Like... Most Salah's got this low sense of gravity. is probably the same in, in terms of like they stick low to the floor, they don't do Gakpo stands tall and he runs legged with the ball and the ball, his control with the ball is so nice and, and he's neat touch it re, he's really, really good with it. He's surprising me. Um, we were all screaming for Diaz to come on for the second half. he come on with about 10 minutes and probably touch the ball three times. Um, but He's the one for me. I really like. I really like him. He's he evidently fills fulfills that space of what Manny used to do in my opinion. As impressing from the front, bolting with the ball, driving the team up. So I'm really looking forward to getting him back to full fitness. Um, Darwin came on, grabbed himself a goal. Um, it wasn't about Darwin's goal. It was about Trent's pass. Trent was filling into that midfield slot, and it was that. Uh, shall we call it, paleo esque little chip over the top that um, Nunes was able to chest it down, bring it down and slot it in. They they just clicked last night. Um, Thiago coming onto the second. Curtis Jones actually played really good last night. Um, Really impressed with him last night. So it was a long overdue performance, in my opinion. Um, I just hope we don't fuck it up against Nottingham Forest this Saturday (laughs) (laughs) To, to kind of take one step forward, two steps back, you know.
1: It's, it's funny because uh, you say that because I wanted to ask you about Gakpo and I think you, you answered it really well there. He's one that's had a little bit of stick. Nunes has had a little bit of stick, as you said, Jar even off his own support yeah. had a bit. But I just looked at it last night and I looked and I thought Gakpo had a really good game and I, I actually think in time with his age, yeah. um, he'll be a really good sign. and he, he, he's, got, he's big, he's tall, he's strong, yeah. he's quick, um, deceivingly yeah. quick. I don't think he's quick as in, you know, put a ball 20 yards, but I think he's deceivingly quick with a yeah. ball.
2: Um, I, think, I think I think one of the biggest differences is a lot of people is a lot of people are remembering what Gakpo was like in the World Cup, and Gakpo led the line for Holland. He uh, scored I think he scored was it four or five goals I think he got in the World Cup, but he scored various different goals: headers, free kick, left foot, right foot. He's not asked to do that at Liverpool. He's asked to play a different role. He's been asked to play as part of a top three, as opposed to a top two with the but, but excuse me with the midfield support. So people are unfairly, in my opinion, been judging him, but he's still getting goals. He's he's still got. I think he's still got something like six goals since he came to the club. He's still got a few assists as well. As I said, his ball possession, his retention of the balls, has been absolutely excellent. I'm I'm massively impressed with him. I think he's 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 going to be the key for us going into the next season of how well he does. Him, him and Darwin, for example, I think they've got a lot to prove next season, and I'm really looking forward to it because I thought I. The, the the evidence is there to show that they can do something um and they can be part of this and the, the, you know they're not they're not out their depth if you like.
1: No uh, and I think I think when uh, when I actually look at it last night and I see the changes with a three three up front. I know three mm-hmm. going but I, I do I do really think Liverpool just need to concentrate on the midfield this, this window. Maybe you know yeah. maybe another maybe another center half. Maybe there might be a, a a debate for that. But if, if yeah. you've got a tight budget it needs
2: so, on that midfield so I, I think 100% and I think you know I I don't envisage for one second we replace Bobby Firmino when he leaves in the summer because we don't need to we've we've essentially got six strikers as it stands now and we've got a young lads, young Scottish lad coming through called Ben Doak who is absolutely ripping up an hour under 18. He's had a couple of games this season. He's impressed when he's come on. He's going to end up getting bloodied into the team. So I don't think they'll go out and buy any, any form of a striker. I think they'll buy another centre-half. Um, I think they'll buy three midfielders and there's talk we're going to have to get a replacement goalkeeper because Kelleher will be moved on for building funds. And Kelleher is arguably a Premier League goalkeeper. So you're probably talking 20, 25 million. So they're going to have to replace him as well. Um, and Adrian's moving on. So again, you can't go into the season with just Alisson. You're going to have a backup. So I don't, I don't see the, no strikers coming in. I think it'll be three midfielders, a defender and a goalkeeper. No,
1: no, definitely. And uh, just, just last point. And I know. Just want to quickly touch on it because I, I don't want people to think I've missed it out. But was should Liverpool's first goal stood for you, Jamie? Was that handled by Trent?
2: I'm gonna say yes and no. <laughs> I'm gonna pure sit on the fence. Um, I would hate for that to have been not given if it was against us. I understand.
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Stand why it wasn't given. You know, the, the, the talk was is that the ref made a decision um, and VAR couldn't get involved because it didn't directly lead to an impact of a goal. So, for example, if you touch the handball with your hand and you kick it into the back of the net, you've directly led... There was three passes after Trent had handled the ball. The ball struck his arm. It drops to his feet. He plays it to Jota. Jota plays it to Salah, and Salah puts it in the back of the net. So Vaughan can't get involved because it's not a, been goal, and, um, a goal incident, if you like. So I get why it was, wasn't overturned. But I think if I was Leeds, I'd be proper raging at that. <laughs> um, but... You know, there's been a few challenges. There's been a few penalties that have went against us, or a few ambles that we've not got this season. Arguably, the Arsenal game that we would have won, but um I'm not going to cry over spilt milk, and I'll just say that was one that um, we would do.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it would have been. Again, it's, it's one of them, and if it's if it's for your You know, you want it, you can, and then if it's against you, you're you're doing your nuts. I just think this handball rule is just made up every week. And there's another one I want to come on to in a minute, which I can't understand was given, but I'll save that. But Jamie, Mm -hmm. we'll move on. You asked me finishing on last Tuesday if (laughs) Brighton would beat Chelsea at the weekend. And I was very, very confident that Brighton would and, uh, I wasn't surprised to be honest that I could see it it was a banker there was actually good odds as well I didn't I didn't yeah. um, I didn't have a better weekend but um
2: they were two, two to one so they were they were yeah, two to one were. to get to, to win um I actually watched the game um Chelsea were lucky to go ahead it was all Brighton. Brighton had had something like six attempts on goal, um, and and all of a sudden Chelsea obviously got um, their goal in. Um, so it was a surprise that they actually went behind, but it was no surprise that they equalled it up before half time, and probably should have been two one ahead at half time. Um, and coming out of the second half, they they made some cute changes, um, but didn't disrupt the flow of the team, and they just battered Chelsea. In my opinion, um, they were not overawed by the decision or anything. They were arguably, yeah, they, they were arguably performance of the weekend. If you you know, next to Bournemouth for me, um, I thought they were brilliant. And the goal for the winner was an absolute rocket, wasn't it? From and and I think his name is goal of the weekend for me. That yeah. was an absolute peach, but they missed so many
1: chances. You said, Jamie, they were they dominated. And look, Kepa for me is not he's not a 70 million pound goalkeeper, and I've, <laughs> I've never been a fan of him. Um, but. See, see if he won in
2: goal Saturday, he pulled off some top, top yeah, saves. Playing yeah. goal, it yeah. could have got embarrassing. That's, he was that's arguably. Like... That's what they said. He was arguably man of the match because yeah, <laughs> <that's laughs> so. the amount of saves he made. It was only because of that winning goal that obviously insists was given it. But yeah. I know without Kepa, that would have been a cricket score. I think they, they 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 absolutely battered Chelsea. So they did. Um I, I, And do you know what? I was more surprised at the the the, the, the starting lineup. um you know frank had obviously tried to make his changes um he started i think he started with sterling havertz midrick and mount um as the attacking lineup but made four subs on the 48th minute i think it was which completely changes your team and at that point they were one each so i'm like it wasn't that bad that you needed to take four changes. And I think they actually got arguably worse when the four changes happened. Um, So, yeah, Frank's obviously a different conversation, but it wasn't a surprise that Brighton um, beat Chelsea at the weekend the way that they did. I thought they were brilliant.
1: For sure. And And that was the first time they beat Chelsea at the bridge. Yeah, um, and and Chelsea are now winless in their last four home games. It could obviously be five. They've got a Champions League game against Real Madrid as well. Um, do, you remember,
2: do you remember? Do you remember that start back in the day, but under Jose Mourinho, where they like had not lost a home game in something like twelve years? Do <laughs> you I mean? It was ridiculous. When to to Stamford Bridge?
1: It's tight. Our times have changed, but. <laughs> you know, it is, I think, I think um, it is a place, if I was going, any team in the Premier League must think we can go and get something. I think they're really struggling. Mm-hmm. It, you, you know, you said they were 1-0 up, but even when the goal went in, the reaction from the players was like, oh, shit, we've, we've scored a... We it.
2: Oh. it was more a deflection, wasn't it? It was yeah. like uh, it was like Diego Costas the week before, where the ball ricocheted off Gallagher. I think it went in. They went, oh shit, that went in. That was <laughs> the only way they were scoring, mate. That was yeah. the only way they're scoring. They, got, you know, they
1: just looked yeah. miles off it. Miles. And I
2: think I think, as, I, think as I said to you before as well. There was a lot of reports today of you know of what happened in the change rooms after. Um, the, the you know Todd Bowley apparently came mm. in and gave a bit of a dressing down about um you know embarrassing. The club for the fans, and you know how they needed to butt their ideas up. If that doesn't tell you where Frank's role in all this is to play, it kind of you know you kind of got to be a blind man, haven't you? Um, but i, I seen also a report that, um, the Luis Enrique apparently made a statement at the weekend that he was surprised he was quite keen to take over the chelsea job and he had one round of talks and then was very surprised to find out frank lampard had been installed as a, as a as a temporary replacement which begs the question why did they only have the one chat with him did they did they not like him what's going on surely a man of his stature is what they're exactly looking for
1: i think i think with chelsea Jamie, is that Todd Bowley, a lot of supporters were like don't worry, we've got another money man. Things are gonna be even better. Um, but I think they're gonna realise quickly, and I, if that I think they have already a lot of their support, um, is how you know ruthless and 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 how good Abramovich was running that football club. At the moment, it seems to me Todd Bowley has no clue what he's doing. Everything he does is off yeah. the bat, panic. Um Well,
2: well I think one of one of the arguable, arguably the worst decisions that has been made since they came in was the removal of people like peter check and Co, the people that were actually running the day-to-day of the club because you've just literally removed those people out and you're installing your own pe- personnel and it's not working the one thing you'll say about aram he never said much up in public because you had a good, good strong team around him that did all the work for him and and that was what you knew about it doesn't seem like that's going on with Bowley, and i think there was evidence i think there was there was there was pictures uh, on Twitter at the weekend of fans actually, you know, shouting at Todd Bowley, um, calling him out in the stadium. Which we've said it before a couple on this podcast. It's never a good sign when the fans start turning
1: worse. Jamie, I really think it will get worse. I think that, that this season will peter out for and and it will get worse because I think I don't know. As you just said there about Enrique, I, I'll be surprised if he takes it. Um, yeah. It could, it could actually get to the point where he looks at both and goes, "Ah, oh, do you know what? I'll, I'll go to to Spurs instead because, I mean, mm-hmm. not the at you, you know, the minute, you know, obviously they're struggling. But if they, if they, if Dan, if Daniel Levy can can sort of get, you know, prove that that Spurs are, are a little bit better run and have got a better transfer sh- strategy for the summer and, and things are, are going there, then Enrique, you know, the way it's going, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he decides to take the Spurs job over the Chelsea mm-hmm.
2: job. Yeah, and and. And that becomes a problem in itself, doesn't it? Because you're then taking, for for, for spending 600 million on your team, arguably spending another 100 to 200 million this summer coming, because they're going to have to buy a number nine. They're not going to be spending no 20 million on on a number nine. They're going to be spending, you know, nearly three figures, in my opinion. You need a top manager to come in and help and and work with that team. Um, Frank's being there is not going to be able to do that. Um, So it, you know, you are then talking Nagelsmann who's apparently still got his garden got leave contract from Bayern Munich, which means you're gonna to have to pay a hefty sum to get him out of that. Luis Enrique is probably arguably the most sensible one considering he's not a contract, doesn't have a team to play for, you just do sign an on bonus. I just not sure why they've not put you know progressed with that conversation. There was a there was a thing I seen, there was a report the other day, and it was like they whittled it down from ten to five people, and you're like, what ten, 10 people like who, who the fuck are the 10 people like fucking John Terry there with his suit super- <laughs> Ash- <laughs> exactly? Do you get what I mean? You're like surely, surely Chelsea were already looking at three or four managers' max because I think the other argument was uh, is it the sporting the sporting manager, um, Nagglesman, um. There's, there's 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 a there's a chat about the at Brighton, which I don't think will happen one bit. And obviously Lewis and Ricky, surely they're like the you know they they're the front runners if you like of people that are available. Where the hell are they getting ten names from? So yeah, beggars belief. This this is
1: the this is the problem, Jamie, with Chelsea. It's just a mess. That that.
2: Getting
1: ten managers, I couldn't even name you ten managers um, that are out of a job at the minute. Um,
2: yeah, Looking for a job. <laughs> yeah, it's it's,
1: it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. Um, but I think this is one that we'll we'll come back to talk on again in, yeah. in a week, two weeks' time for sure. But but moving it on, uh, Southampton Neil Palace two. Um, Roy Hodgson, uh, we spoke about him in length last week, but again. Just that impact he's had uh, with Palace getting three back-to-back wins. Look like they're going to score goals. They have scored goals of fun, but look like they could even add even more at the weekend. Um, goals first, as well. Oh, the person I actually want to... Is coming on to that is Eze. Yeah, uh, he, he was a match winner, and as
2: you yeah. said, he was he was excellent for Palace. Yeah, just like we do, rated last weekend, it was all remember it was all about Elise. This week's all about Eze, and we said a few weeks back that you know if they can get those two people playing alongside Zaha, they're arguably the three best players. Zaha is obviously injured at the moment, but it, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that them pair playing really really good that they're actually starting to get results out of them. Um, the, I can't help but think there's going to be something else in the background that's been fixed that we just don't we're not aware of because it's the same team, it's the same setup. He's not playing a different formation or anything. Do you know what I mean? And and, and what actually can Roy Hodgson do apart from install a bit of confidence? Really, you know, um, for for such a short time he's been with them. So there's something there that's arguably saying either it wasn't going well and. People weren't talking about it or they were being suppressed in their emotions of how they want to play and stuff. Um, but, yeah, all credit to them. Um, the one thing we said when we started this podcast is that for Palace to stay safe, they needed to score goals. Um, and they're doing it. They're not doing it. We, we thought they would come through Edouard and Matata. But, um, yeah, the midfielders have stepped up. So credit to them. Um, I think um, they've been brilliant the last couple of weeks and uh, well done. I think Hodgson will end up with manager of the month. Easy, 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 and and that's I mean you're spot on, but that's a good
1: sign of you know of a good manager because yeah. gone in there he's gone right. How are we going to get goals to get this team to stay up? You know, Zaha's obviously
2: injured not playing All so right, he's yeah. looked he's, he's watched the he obviously you know he's a palace fan anyway hodgson yeah. you know. but, we, but you actually forget as well that um because hodgson he did an interview um and, and and i think it was on friday um and the first thing he said is that um because they asked him what you know what have you done different he says nothing he says i've just went in he says i remember he says i brought izzy he says so we've already got that relationship and he said it's no, it's no surprise that people like Eze are actually starting to play well. So it's obviously there's obviously a confidence thing that I'd, you know um, a degree of comfort of who they're playing for as well. Um, the Palace faithful will always go with Roy Hodgson because obviously what he did for them in terms of being a, a great manager. Um, so yeah, it it doesn't surprise me. It begs the question: What do they do in the summer? Because they're back to square one. They get surely Roy Hodgson can't carry on.
1: No, nah, that, that's the big one. I'm looking forward to the Palace, what, what, where they go next. But um, mm-hmm. 76 years old to still come in, I think that's sort what of impacted. I've just got to say fair play because um, I had my doubts when, when he first came in.
2: Oh, but. I, I said the same. I, I was like, how surely, how many times can he retire from, yeah. from football, you know? So, um, yeah, as I said, all credit to him. He's surprising a lot of people. He'll arguably get manager of the month.
1: No, you can't can't argue against that. But but just on, on Southampton and Jamie, that, that was a big one for them at the weekend. You know, at home, that's their 10th defeat at home. I think Leicester's the same with 10 defeats. Um, yeah. But I think they're gone now. I think it's for yeah. them
2: to have any chance, they needed to get something. Well, they need to yeah, win. Ex- exactly that. There was, there was that argument of, you know, Southampton had got a win, lost two, got a win, lost two. And you think, okay, they, they need to win this game, not a draw. They need to win this game. Um, and... I think you said earlier that there's a bit of a gap starting to open up now, and I think Southampton are the are the the at the end of one end of that that gap, um, and I think they'll just stay there now, unfortunately. Yeah, no, no, thanks for that. Yeah, I think it was reported today as well that um, that there was apparently a, um, a press release that James Ward-Prowse has been told he can leave at the end of the season if they go down. So that's pretty much tells you that they've already accepted where they're at.
1: Yeah, and I think I called it early where he's going to end up. I reckon it, Spurs, West Ham.
2: Oh, West Ham, did you say? Sorry, well, Spurs
1: ain't a bad shot, by the way.
2: Yeah, I think I think he could do a job at Spurs. Yeah, yeah. I just
1: think Bryce will leave, and I think that'll be the the replacement. They will, they'll they'll mm-hmm. look. That. But yeah, if, if there's if Spurs are interested, then uh, and other clubs that have, have got Europe or you know yeah. higher up the table, then yeah, Spurs ain't a bad shot either, mate. To be fair, but um, moving on again, Jamie uh, Wolves. Big Brentford two 0 big one for this for Wolves because they've they've I think again they're another another one that probably a win has, has secured them just out of that that group. Yeah. They're not out of it, death for definite, but I think that they've got enough. It's five wins out of eight for for Big Jules uh, yeah. in, in his home games, so they're, they're they're where they've they've sort of picked up points. What do yeah. you make of that one?
2: I think we called it as well a couple of weeks back. that their, their survival was going to be about the clean sheets. Cause they, they were they were they were always capable of picking up points. They they were not big high goal scorers, so nothing was going to change in that department. But um, I mean they obviously scored at the weekend, but they're keeping clean sheets against teams like Brentford and stuff. That's that's a big that's a biggie for them. Um so yeah, I think again, as you said, they they're they're arguably safe now. I think they'll go through an overhaul again because they never seem to settle on it on a on a team or individuals. Um They've they've got a lot of injuries. They need to ship a lot of people out. They, um, I'd be surprised. I think Graham called. It. I'd be surprised if the manager was still there next season, um, because obviously how well he can come in and 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 do with the team. Um, I didn't think Wolves would go down, and I think they kind of they they're just needing the end of the season now, um, just to kind of solidify that you know it's been a shit campaign. Let's start again next season.
1: Yeah, I think we'll definitely see a dif- different Wolves next season. I think it's yeah. spot on there. Um, but for Brentford, though, though, Jamie, they're, 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 again, there was a team flying, they're, they've took the foot off the pedal lately, and they're having a little bit of a still a great season from don't get mm. me wrong. Uh, club like Brentford, you know, they'll take that every year, but um, you know, they might fall down this table,
2: the end. yeah. It, it's kind of happened to a couple of teams, hasn't it? When they start talking about potential of getting into some kind of European qualification, all of a sudden, that. Doesn't start going the way it's like they go back. Uh, they, they 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 suddenly stop scoring goals. Um... Brentford's, you know, unfortunately, uh, fell victim to that. They had, they were arguably overachieving in that run that they had when they beat City. And, you know, they started beating a lot of more teams around them. Similar to Newcastle, they were just putting runs together. They were getting goals when you didn't think they would. Um, and it's just probably catching up with them now. Um, they, you know, they, they would bite your hand off for a top 10 finish at the beginning of the season. And they're arguably going to finish in the top 10. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, if they keep pushing Chelsea further back down, then um, they'll be happy with that. Um, I, I always feel like there's this over-overriding gloom of when does the Tony band come in? Because if Tony gets banned tomorrow, then everybody's going to go, well, that's fucking Brentford season done, really, isn't it? But you kind of in week to week to, until, until that decision's been made. Um, so until then, it's like, well, let's try and get as many points as you can. Let's try and get as many goals as you can, see it through, and then we'll deal with that as it is. Um, I actually thought it would have been a draw at the weekend against Wolves, but um, Wolves turned up and got the goals and Brentford didn't. So, um, yeah, I think that season's just coming to an end, really, isn't it?
1: No, and no, I agree. And I think you make a point about what what happened with with Bamford. Uh, sorry, Tony as well, because yeah. um, I do think that's overhanging, and I think it will keep him there next season. That ban,
2: um, yeah. Well it, well, it depends on what because it, I mean, there's this argument about that it won't be. So the the, the argument was it was going to be monthly bans. So it was like going to be a six month ban, but the argument then became that. Well, if three months of that is off season, does that really fair? So I think it's going to come into a games. that probably he's probably going to get like a twenty match ban or an eighteen match ban or something, which means he's kind of missing for off the season. I'd be very hard to push to understand why anybody would buy a player that's got an eighteen match ban as a, as a you know as a possibility hanging over them. I remember when Liverpool brought Luis Suarez in, and he just got done for biting over an Ajax and he got a ten match ban, and we couldn't use him for the first ten matches, but. That we tried to argue that case. I wonder why we didn't win it. But um, (laughs) Tony's one's pretty much done and dusted, isn't it? Um, I think he's appealing some of his decisions, uh, some of the some of the charges. Sorry, Um, but uh, it's evidently they're going to throw the book at him. It's just when and how for how long, really? Yeah.
1: No. No. Definitely, they're going to they're going to make a you know a statement. Yeah. I think where he's just played for England as well. I think that might go against him in it because uh, they will they'll throw the book at him. You, you're, you're absolutely right there. Yeah. Um so then a couple of games to go, um Jamie and um Forrest. Forrest uh Neil Man United 2. That was the the late one on, on Sunday night. Uh, before we come into Man United, Jamie, I've just got to say Forrest were so, so poor. That's uh, mm. you know, they're winless in the last ten and they haven't kept a, a clean sheet either. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm thinking their home wins or a majority of their home wins have all been to nil. So mm. if they, if they can see they don't win the game, yeah. uh, which is a big, big problem. So before we come to United, what, what did you make of Forrest on Sunday?
2: <laughs> I kind of naively thought Forrest would have got a draw at the weekend. Um, not that I thought that they were good enough for it. I just didn't think Man United were good enough to put, put on after doing that performance against Seville. You know, they let in the 2-2. I thought this was going to, you know, the last game on a Sunday. And you think, I think Forrest might get something from this. That was evidently quashed within about 10 minutes because you could see how Forrest were playing. They were absolutely gung-ho with the challenges and the and the pattern of trying to run without the ball. And you just thought, they're getting carved open. And, and this is going to sound mega harsh, but it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek. But see, when Anthony has a good game, you know you're not playing good. That lad's been fucking shit all season. Ninety million, and he, he's getting talked about. He's like, he's the next Ronaldo, and you're like, come on, this is how bad Forest actually were. Um, you know, you go back a couple of weeks, and I think it was uh, Forest um, when they played Newcastle, um, and they, you know, they they, they were gunko that whole game. I think they expected to go into that game and do the same to Man United, and it just doesn't work really like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I actually worry for first. um, They're playing that poorly at the moment. They're, and it's not just about home. They're po- playing poorly away as well. So it's hard to see where their points are going to come from. Um, I've got a lot of time for the lad up front, the boy Sam Johnson. He, he seems like a lively player. He's just got no support, no consistent support in terms of help out and someone to play off. Um, so... Yeah, it kind of it kind of footed out what the expectation of what force we're going to get from at the weekend.
1: Yeah, no, no, I agree, and he does look a good player, Johnson. To be fair, mm-hmm. um, but I think they've got a couple decent. I just, I just think that everything about them at the start of the season, the way they transfers, the way that it's just been a mess. Like, it's, yeah. there's no, there's no. For me, it's just it doesn't seem like they're settled. You know, what yeah. I mean, it's not like you yeah. go in there and it's a settled team; they're going to be up for it. You've got. To, so even a sort of real style of play, I don't really see
2: that from yeah. Forrest. Well, the, the one question I, I suppose one question probably a couple of questions I had, but you know, there was a lot being made about all the transfers they were making, understandably. I get why. My biggest question was is that if you would have picked a team to go down at the beginning of the season, Forrest would have been in that bracket. They were going out and making all these signings, and let's face it, they weren't just making any signings, they were actually making Arguably, Champions League-style players like your Kayla Navis, your um, Felipe playing for Atlético Madrid. Um, you know they're bringing in those kind of players. Surely they've got some kind of relegation clause being added to their contracts. You know, for being a team only just back in the Premier League. Surely, where the hell does that leave them at the end of the season if they do good down? Do they lose? do they lose that many players? Um, what what kind of a, you know, it's got so many unanswered questions in terms of how that works. The, the, the most pro- prolific high-profile one was pro- probably Jesse Lingard. He said, um, you know, he was only going to sign a year contract. He knew what he was fucking doing. 120 grand a week for a year, knowing full well that it, they're probably not going to be in the league. Yeah, of course he did be the only one that made that that safe assumption so a how much money have they actually burned by bringing in 24 players and b where does that actually leave them at the end of the season do they still have those 24 players or have they all got relegation clauses that kind of get them out of the club i would have thought so and it's yeah, not just yeah, the transfer
1: jamie. fees their patent, jamie it's the yeah, it's a it's a real real worry for Forest. It's a mess.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 that would be my biggest worry about Forrest is actually where does that leave him at the end of the season because it's arguably worse than what they started it with I because think so. they've got they potentially got the same amount of players that they might need in but they've probably spent a shitload more money doing it. Yeah,
1: and, and that's that's what will be and and, and they'll probably sack Cooper as well. and <laughs> no
2: else. Uh... I, I don't like, like it. Like it's his fault, and I, and I get yeah. everybody says oh the book stops with the manager, but. Can't make twenty four transfers and then go right your shape. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, so, yeah. A, a, absolute mess. But
1: but on Man United and Jamie, Day, um, as you said there, with Anthony scoring, I feel like it's the first goal I've seen him score that he hasn't cut in and, and bent it into that.
2: Well, or he's done four lollipops over it before he's tried <laughs> to catch the <next laughs> ball or something, you know. um But I, 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 to... I would I would say the big I would say the key for Man United and actually he's probably. Arguably, their unsung hero this season is Christian Eriksen. Um, he, he, Sabitza was injured in the warm up, which meant Eriksen was actually starting, and he just different gravy for them in the midfield. He frees Casemiro up so much. Um, Bruno Fernandes obviously will get a lot of the plaudits for the way he was crossing the ball through, but that was because Eriksen was playing the ball, Eriksen was playing alongside him, in my opinion. I think Eriksen just made such a difference to that team, um, and that was arguably one of the big differences that began for them.
1: Yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree. And Eriksson, funny because um, I just can't believe there wasn't more teams that wanted Eriksen after that. You know, I sort of mm. understand it after he left uh, Inter Milan with with what yeah. happened, but uh, the Euro- yeah. uh, the Euros, and, and I can kind of get, I get that. Um, but the, uh, the the one that, that I was really surprised with was the, the amount of teams that he is a quality top, you know, a top top player. Um, and yeah. as you said, I, I picked up on that. I thought he was excellent on. on on Sunday but the question again I want to ask Jamie is um, Harry Maguire's hand that, that, that would have changed the game to be fair it was one nil at the time Um mm-hmm. I think it's a penalty all day long what, what, what's your thoughts on it
2: his arm is higher than his head <laughs> I don't care if he's not looking at it his arm's higher than his head that's not a natural position so yes for me I was massively surprised that they didn't give that Um, like you that would have been a penalty would have gotten back into the game <laughs> Dare I say if that wasn't my new that would have been given. <laughs> but I get the tinfoil hats will be there considering I've just said that Trent got away with one. But yeah, that, I don't, I don't, I think that was a really poor decision.
1: Yeah, I think they've, they've got away with one. They, I think, deserved yeah. to win. They was in cruise control with with uh, mm-hmm. all the injuries they had. But that that's a game changer. To be fair, that should have been a, a penalty.
2: Yeah, and 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 for people like Forrest, see when you're playing that poorly, you need every get a lucky can and if you don't get it, then it's 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 amplified isn't it? and that's pretty much exactly what happened. No, absolutely,
1: mate, and um, yeah, that could be one that they come back to and mm. look at as, as as one that you know started to, to change it. But um, well, I've saved the best to last, mate, because I know you've been <laughs> waiting to uh, to talk about Everton here, but they were were beaten three one by Fulham on Saturday. It's a Really, really poor, poor result for, for Everton. Who I think we both said that they we fancied them to get a result here, considering you know how big this game was and um, you know they're winless in, in four now. But what did you make of, of their performance on
2: Saturday? Yeah, um, I, I like you. I kind of had them down for a one no win. I thought Fulham have kind of. Seen the summer transfer that you know they, they they're already on the holly bags in my opinion with Mitrovic being banned and and so forth they decided this season's pretty much wrapped up i thought everton would sneak a one 0 um i was shocked when they went one nil down and then obviously when they pulled it back up and you thought right here they go but then it just kept getting worse for them and i was just like wow i i you know didn't expect this one bit. Um, so thoroughly, thoroughly impressed that um, the you know Harry Wilson decided to step up to the mark and finally get a goal for once. Um, and I, and you know, being a bit a diplomatic, I've I've been saying that every time Everton get points, so does everybody else around them. You know, every time Everton we get a draw. Bournemouth were getting a win, Southampton were picking up points and they were always keeping Everton sucked in and I think this is a perfect example of that, you know, there was a good, you know, West Ham, um, Wolves, um, you know, Bournemouth all picking up points, Leicester and Everton were the two biggest ones that probably didn't pick up points and you go, that should have been the one, you've got to look at Everton's fixtures and you think, they're going to find it tough in the upcoming weeks. Um, so yeah, it it did surprise me that they lost. Um, doesn't surprise me they're still where they are. Um, I think I kind of said to you off well, air. There was there was obviously a bit of not breaking news, but there was a bit of news on Twitter that kind of gave me a wry smile, and that was um, Sean Dyche apparently played. Um, he called an emergency meeting in the last two days. They played it behind closed doors against Chester um, from the sixth tier um, as a balance game to try and try out this new formation. Um, he had a full Premier League team um, with Dominic Calvert Lewin up front. And they got beat 1-0. Um, so you can imagine the internet is going absolutely rife with uh, how embarrassing that was for them today. Um, and, you know, they've got some tricky, tricky fixtures coming up. And as you, as you said at the beginning, the season, nobody wants to go to Palace right now. No. They've got Palace this weekend. I think they're massively in the guagmire. Um, and it won't surprise me if, uh, if this is the season we say goodbye to them.
1: It's, it's funny because... Um... You know, a couple of weeks ago, you have said to me, uh, "You know, Everton going to Palace." Uh, I just <laughs> <said, "That's laughs> <the Palace laughs>
2: "Nil-nil it? written all over it, isn't
1: it?" <laughs> yeah, so now I'm saying, Poof, "No thanks." I you know, they'll, their Palace are definitely going on that the, the Cooper at, at, at the weekend, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I've, I've never really—I'll be honest with you—I've never really looked at Everton and um put. I think that they'll be close. So I've never really put a yeah. actual going down, but. The way they
2: perform the well, second half, especially credit to the on, yeah. but I think they're, they're at the Palace this weekend. Then they're away to uh, they've got Newcastle at Goodison the weekend after that. After that, they've they're away to Leicester, who were in the same fight. Yeah. Then they're away to Brighton, um, and then they're at home at Man City, and they are the last day of the season. In Wolves, like this, potentially could go down to the last game of the season.
1: Do you know what? I
2: think think they're in the shit, big time.
1: Yeah, I suppose all that is 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 one win for Leeds, one win for Forest, Leicester to pick it up a bit, and then you know, and you just said their fixtures there. you're struggling yeah. to pick out where they get three points because because I think they'd have looked at this one as we said with Fulham and said
2: yeah there, there there's my three points yeah yeah I, I and totally, I, I would have I would have said looking at that you go wait where are they going to pick up a point well Fulham and Leicester at home are probably the two games that they're going to aim for yeah <sighs> yeah they're in the year no they,
1: they definitely are and it could be that myth that, that Sean Dyke, it could be it could be uh could be coming the, the, the
2: one thing the one thing that has surprised me is he's is we, we said a couple of weeks ago when, uh, when they played really well, Ellis Sims, he, need, he needs to run in games mm-hmm. and he and he's not starting games at the moment and I don't get why. He's, he's been brought on once the damage is already done and you think, well, poor Ellis Sims, he can't really change that. Like, do you know what I mean? What's lad got to do? Is, is there something going on in the background? Um, he's, got a, he's got a stick or a twist
1: now, Jamie, though, not he? Yeah, Dude, he's he's yeah, got yeah. to throw caution to the wind a little bit. That would have been, I think Saturday would have opened his eyes, you know, as a setup up and I don't want to, you know, discredited Fulham, but they've been on a bit of a, a poor run themselves. We yeah. said last week their season mm-hmm. season sort of spiraling out after that FA Cup exit to, to Man United. Mm-hmm. Um but they've uh you know they were totally so set second half especially it was it was you know it could have been more it could have been more and, and that's the
2: thing see see the goals. Like they weren't Wildies. They were like in the box knockdowns and no defenders attracting them and you think Pfft. They, they they should be getting closer to them. I think Wilson's goal for example, for example. Wilson was all on his own in the box, and he you know it just just shoot through the sheer power. It looked like a worldy goal, but it wasn't. It was just it was just more the fact of obviously um, how poor the defending was.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. As you say, interesting one uh, to to watch. But um, that's all ten games, uh, Jamie. That's how it's done. But but to finish it off, um, the question I want to ask you and ask all the, the listeners and, and please get your, your comments in. Obviously, Burnley are up. They'll be in the yep. Premier League next season. I think they can win the league uh, as we're recording this, They uh, uh, as champions, um, which I expect, obviously, if they don't do tonight, they, they will do it, you know, in the next couple of games. But, um Jamie, who do you think will join them in the, the Premier League next season?
2: Well, I think the favourite to join them is obviously going to be Sheffield United. They are... They're sitting second at the moment. They're a healthy 12 points behind Burnley. Um, but they are, I think, they're drawing this evening as well. But their nearest contender is Luton, who runs 74 points to their 80. So, you know, I just don't see Sheffield United losing two games before the end of the season for that to actually happen. Um, so I think Sheffield United are a shoe on and then it goes down to the infamous um, playoffs. I always find the playoffs a bit of a hit and miss in yeah. that Yeah, it doesn't matter what kind of form you're on. No. because you know there's been some really good teams that have went into the playoffs on a brilliant best of form and have absolutely flunked it and it's been the surprise team that you don't see and with that in mind I mean you look at the you look at the playoffs right now and you've got Luton Middlesbrough Millwall, and West Brom West Brom are winning at the moment so they're jumping Blackburn into that spot you've got Sunderland that's right. Sunderland Coventry Preston and Norwich that's that's another five spots that are only two points out of it. Like, so there's so much to play for. I think if I was being sensible, I think Middlesbrough have done really well this season. I've really liked what Carrick's done with them. Um as I just said, that Sheffield United have just went one 0 up. <laughs> um, but I like I like what Carrick's done. He's taken a team that were pretty much rock bottom, turned them around and kind of done this charge with them. Um, so so I'm really, I'm really glad for them. Then you look at Millwall, West Brom. West Brom are a proper yo-yo team. I've got no love for them. I have no. They're the, they're the Norwich of the Premier League. Uh, I, w- I would like to see somebody like Luton get a shot. And and it's not that I think Luton can do anything. It's just a change. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, do you remember when Blackpool come up? Like yeah. Blackpool, everybody's gone. These are going to be the whipping boys, and Blackpool pulled off some absolutely crazy results and crazy scorelines. I'd like to see the underdog get a little bit of a chance. You know who's, you know and Sheffield United you know, are going up. Yeah. I'd like to see Mil- Give somebody else.
1: I'd like to see Millwall instead of Luton. Um, I've actually played at Luton's ground and been there okay. a couple of times. It is a shocker. Uh, <laughs> it is a shocker. All, of, all of the stadium is bad enough. But if we get Luton in the Premier League, Jesus. But fair play to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Fair
2: play am, I, am I right in thinking as well there's a bit of controversy about if Coventry make it? because yeah. Coventry don't actually have a stadium, yeah, which right. means there's you know which would be because I, I think there was a problem with their stadium because it's still being used for the rugby, which means yeah. that it's been ripped up. so I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they pulled it off and somehow got yeah. were blocked from joining the Premier League, which would be an absolutely crazy decision but yeah, I think it's uh, obviously the first two teams are obviously going to be going to be in the heart. Um, that being said, there's a lot of talk about whether Company's going to be there next season. He's, yeah. uh There's a lot of talk about Tottenham apparently yes. having a sniff at him. Yeah. Personally, I think Company should stay there. But uh, I think Tottenham. I think Tottenham's too big to turn down. You know, oh, no, it's
0: like, for anybody.
2: He'll go. He'll go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you could see him. But you know, and this is me completely thinking in my own thoughts. You could see him at a team like West Ham next season.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Do you I know think. what I
2: mean? Like, like, like a good, solid team, got a brilliant stadium behind them. Finances are not an issue. Just looking for a bit of rejuvenation. You know, some a, a new direction.
1: You could argue for company's career, it might be a better move for him to go to West Ham. Yeah. yeah. Because because Spurs... I'm saying that, it's a total it's different pressure. It's, yeah, it's, the, the expectation at Spurs is mm. higher. No disrespect to, to yeah. West Ham. But you've obviously got the Harry Kane... Situation thrown at you as soon as you get the as job as you happens, walk
2: in the door. First
1: yeah. and and if he does go, you, the replacement, who 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 replacing Harry Kane with that on the exactly. top of you know, the East, you're going to have all that. Um, whereas West Ham, the expectation will be there still. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but it's not top four. Which yeah. Spurs will whoever gets that job? That's that's what they expect. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think you make a good. That's not a bad a bad shout. And I think if he get offers it either, I think he, he goes.
2: Yeah, and it'd be a shame because I think a lot of people have a soft spot for very company. I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of him. You know and what kind of a defender he was, and you know what he brought to the game. Really, really big admirer my room. I know I kept an eye out when he was over and underlect, and it didn't go well for him at all. But he had good people around him, like Craig Bellamy and stuff. So he's obviously values the people around him, and he's kind of taken that into Bunley. It's obvious, you know. It's it's, it's like when Stephen Gerrard was making his name through. the the next up and coming managers are always the ones that they're going to be looked at as well. Um. So yeah, Vinny Company's is going to be on the table for a few people, I think, um, in terms of an opportunity. Um. So I, I think he'll be one to see. What sorry, one to keep an eye on going into the next season.
1: Yeah, definitely, I think that's a really really good point. And um, yeah, and uh, so yeah, just on the, on that end, Jamie, I I I if you have to pick a. 13, I think you're right in saying, you know, Burnley are up, obviously Sheffield United, I expect as well. If you had to pick a third team right now, who's who should pick to
2: come up? I would honestly say, I would honestly say Luton, just purely for the fact they've never touched the Premier League before. Yeah. Because if I look at the rest of it, Middlesbrough, um, West Brom, Blackburn, Sunderland, Coventry, you know, Preston probably, is another one to throw into the mix. Um, Preston or Luton, but I, I would say Luton just for the sake of the fact they've never touched it before.
1: No, no, that's that's fair enough, mate. Um, I'd like to see Millwall come up. I'd like to see that, but I—I uh, I think if you're pressing me, I think I watched Middlesbrough the other week, and I was really, really impressed. Yeah. So I think they'll—they'll they'll be the team that, that nick it. But as you said, then playoffs—it's a free for all. It's uh, that you know, don't be anyone that gets there. It's not yeah. sure. It's
2: one of them. But I, I, as am saying, like, there's a few teams over the recent years that have went into it on the back of seven wins in a row and have flunked at the first opportunity, and you just <laughs> think it's the joys of the playoff, isn't it? Um. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think it, it, it's all to play for in that in that, in that last spot at least.
1: No, nah, definitely, and, and I do like that stage of the season. That's always <laughs> good to watch the playoffs, is not it? We've got the. It, it's
2: always the last day of the English calendar, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. We've got the the relegations that going on in the Premier League and the uh, top four, and and then you know who's going to be coming up next season. Yeah. But um, no, I really enjoyed that, Jamie. Uh, thanks for thanks for that tonight, mate.
2: No, I appreciate you coming on, Mason. Thank you very much
1: top man. And, uh you know, yeah, please get your, your comments in, anything you want us to discuss. You know, I know we'd always go through through games week, but if there's any talking points you want us to, to bring up and please get in, get in touch with who you think will be in the Premier League next season. But we'll, we'll be back next week with all the latest games and, uh, and talking points. But um as always, take care. Thanks for watching. <laughs>